We are on Ksubis Mem Aleph Amabez towards the top, 41b, towards the top of the Gemara, as we will be concluding in this class the third parak, the third chapter of Ksubis. The Gemara was discussing the status of Chatzinezek. Uh, we mentioned that there's two types of shores, ox that gore. There's a short tom and a short muad. Uh, a short tom is an ox that is not established as goring. It did not gore three times. Um, and a short muad is an ox that did gore three times. Uh, when After an ox gores three times, with uh, warning, uh, so then the next time that it gores, they have to, the owner has to pay the damages in full. With regards to a short tom, if it did not gore three times, uh, so then it is Chatzinezek. They pay half of the damages. The question is why? What's the idea of half of the damages? So we saw two different approaches. One approach is that really they should be paying the full amount. But but the Torah had Rachmanus and mercy on the owner because it's uh, it's not established as goring. It's not established as being violent. And so therefore the owner only pays half the amount. But really they should have guarded, they should have watched the animal and guarded the animal. And as a result they should have paid the whole amount. But they only have to pay half. The other approach is that no, they, they should not have a responsibility to, the owner doesn't have a responsibility to guard the animal. Um, and so really they should pay nothing, but it's a knas, it's a fine. And it's not that really uh, they, they're required to pay for it based on the regular rules of damages. No, this is a fine above and beyond what's necessary where they have to pay half of the damages. And the Gemara was going through proofs back in, uh, to prove whether it's uh, mamon, whether it's regular laws of, of monetary damage, or whether this is a knas, whether it's a fine. And the, the reason why the, the Gemara brought this is really for the next proof, which is what we're up to, which is the proof of our Mishnah. Tashma. Himis shori as ploni, o shori shaploni, hareza mishal malpiatsmo. Our Mishnah was discussing various cases of when a person admits uh, to doing something wrong, where they're required to pay. And the Mishnah mentioned that if it's because, if what they're required to pay is based on a, a knas, based on a fine, and they are coming to court and are admitting that they are required to pay, um, so then they are exempt. Sorry, if they admit that they didn't, not that they're required to pay, but they admit that they did the action where in general they would be required to pay, so then they are exempt because it's it's based on their um, testimony alone. Uh, however, when it comes to regular monetary damage, so then even if they admit it and our entire source is just from them, so then they are in fact required to pay. So the Mishnah said that in a situation where a person comes to court and they say that my ox killed somebody or uh, somebody else's uh, ox, so then they in fact do have to pay. They do have to pay. Meaning what? Why do they have to pay? Because it is regular damages. It's not viewed as a knas. So the Gemara says, my labatam isn't the case that the Mishnah talking about a case of a short tam, an ox that has not been established as goring, and yet we see that they still have to pay the fact that they still have to pay based on their own admission means that it's not a knas, that it's not a fine. In fact, this is just part of regular monetary damages. That's why they have to pay. Otherwise, they wouldn't have to pay. So the Gemara says, No, really, our mission is talking about a shor muad, an ox that is established as goring. Um, and then in such a case, everybody agrees that that's just, uh, it uh, makes sense and it's uh, part of just the monetary, da- part of the damages is that they have to pay for the damages when it's an ox that is muad, when it's uh, when it's established as goring, and they have to pay in full. 
Uh, but when it comes to a short tom, perhaps when a person comes to court and they say that my ox, which is a short tom, which has not been established as goring, and uh, it killed another animal, so then maybe in fact they would be exempt from paying the chatzinezek, the half half of the payment of the damages of the of the value of the damages, because it's a kanas. And we have a principle that when a person admits to doing an action where uh, the punishment is a knas, it's a fine. It's not uh, by the letter of the law paying for the damages, but it's a fine above and beyond. So then if it's purely based on their mission alone, so then they are exempt. And perhaps that would be true with regards to a short tom, according to that position. So the Gemara says, if this is the case, that our mission is really referring to a short muad, again, the answer is basically saying, our Mishnah, which says that you're obligated to pay based on uh, the person coming to court and saying, the owner coming to court and saying that my ox uh, gored another animal, that they have to pay, that's only talking about a short muad, an established, an ox that has already been established as goring. But if it comes to a short time, so then they wouldn't have to pay because that's a fine, and you don't have to pay based on the owner's uh, own admission and without witnesses. So Gemara says, if this is true, we have the following question. The the Gemara says, so then why does the Mishnah, the Mishnah basically compares the case where a person comes to court and says, my ox killed uh, another another person or another ox, and then the next case is where the ox killed, um, where the ox killed uh, a slave. Uh, and that that's a fine. That's a case of a fine. So why do we have to discuss a case where the ox killed a slave? Why are we comparing the two? Just give perhaps a better example. Talk about the differences between a short time and a short mood. Why is it that we're focused? Why does the Mishnah focus on if the ox kills a, a person or if the ox kills an animal? Then they have to pay. If it's based on their own admission, they still have to pay. But in, contra- and in contrast to where the ox kills a non-Jewish slave, so then that's based on a fine, then they don't have to pay. Why does the Mishnah compare and contrast those cases? Let us just compare and contrast the case of Shormuad and Shortam. There's already a difference between a Shormuad and a Shortam. By a Shormuad, when it's established, it's goring. So then if a person comes to court, the owner comes to court and admits to it, so then they have to pay. But if they come to court for a Shortam, for an ox that has not been established as goring, so then they do not have to pay. There's already a contrast there. So the Gemara answers, no, no, the Mishnah wanted to compare the different scenarios of a short muad. The Mishnah was not interested in comparing short tom and short muad. Those are two fundamentally different types of animals, whether it's established as goring or not as established as goring. What the Mishnah wanted to do was to compare an ox that's already established as goring to compare what happens in different scenarios of when it kills a person, when it kills uh, a non-Jewish slave, when it kills an animal, and so it was comparing those cases. And so therefore, there is no question. So in the end of the day, there's no proof from our Mishnah. The Gemara thought initially to say that we could prove from our Mishnah that, ah, the fact that you have to pay means we're talking about a short time, and therefore it means that it's uh, part of regular monetary payment. The Gemara answers, no, maybe our Mishnah is limited to a case of a short muad. It's talking about a a case where the ox has been established as goring, but, it, but perhaps when it's a short time, when it's not established as goring, so then maybe it's true that it's a kanas, and therefore when a person admits, the owner admits to the fact that their short time uh, killed a, another animal, then they would be exempt from pain. Now the Gemara discusses another line in our Mishnah, Tashma, the Mishnah concluded by saying, Zeh 
Kol hamishalim yeser amashi hizik. When do we categorize something as a knas, as a fine, where if a person comes to court and admits that they did a certain action which would, which in general should result in a knas and a fine, in, in such a case where it's based on their own testimony, they are exempt. When does that apply? When the value, when the amount that they have to pay is more than the damages, the value of the damages. So the Gemara says, Ah, oh, we see from here, Ha'pachos m'mashihizik m'shalam apiatzmo. A fine only exists seemingly from the Mishnah in a case where the fine is more than the damages. In the case of a short time, uh, so in a case of, a, of an ox that gores that where it's not established as, as being an ox that's violent, so there they pay less than the damages. They pay half, half of the damages. The implication is that if it's less than the damages, so then that's a regular uh, payment that they're required to pay. That's regular damages. It's The Mishnah only said if it's Higher than the value of the damages, so then it's a knas, it's a fine. But if it's less than the damages, so then it's not a fine, it is a regular payment. So the Gemara says, says, no, you have to read the Mishnah differently. Don't read the Mishnah that if it's less than, so then you can't have a case where uh, it's a knas, where it's a fine, if it's less than the... A person has to pay where it's less than the, the value of the damages. What the Mishnah really means is that as long as it's not exactly the payment of the damages, even if it's less than or if it's more than, it's not as exact as as uh, we should really say it. Really, the Mishnah just means that even if it's less than, whether it's more than or less than, it's not the exact value of the damages. So then that reveals to us that this is not a regular payment. This is a payment of a fine. And therefore, if a person admits to the action to them, they would be exempt from paying. Because for a fine, for a knas, mode the beknas pater, they are exempt uh, from payment if it's based on their own testimony. The Gemara responds back by saying, wait a minute, listen, if this is true, listen, in the end of the day, so then let the Mishnah say that. That's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah says if it's higher than the amount of the damages. It doesn't say if it's uh, different than the amount of the damages. If it was really about it being different than the amount of damages, so then the, the Mishnah should have said it. The, the Mishnah should have said, as long as it's not the exact value of the damages, so then it's then it's a knas. But that's not what the Mishnah says. The Mishnah should be exact. The Mishnah should really be exact. So we have that question. So the Gemara answers to you. If the, it's a good question. It really is a good question. So in the end of the day, our Gemara tried to bring two proofs. The first proof, the Gemara rejected. The second proof is the proof from our Mishnah where uh, the Mishnah says that a knas, a fine, is when it's higher uh, than the damages. So that seems to be a pretty good proof, says the Gemara. Uh, we should be exacting the language. And therefore, if the payment is less than, i.e., in the case of a short time, it's paying half of the damages, so then that should reveal to us that it's not a knas, it's not a fine. In the end of the day, what is it? It is payment for the damages. Uh, why is it only half? It's only half because the Torah had had rachmanus, uh, had compassion and mercy uh, for this owner because this ox is not established as goring. But really, this is really they're obligated to watch the, the the ox and they're obligated to to pay. Okay, so it's really a question. It really is. It really is a question based on this last proof. So the Gemara then says. Ah, so it's a question, and therefore, because of the question of the Mishnah, one should really come to the conclusion that it's regular payment. 
But the halacha is palganiska kanasa. In the end of the day, the halacha, the law is, is that it's really a fine, paying for the uh, da- for the uh, damages that that the uh, ox caused uh, in a short time, uh, an ox that is not established as goring caused. That's a kanas. That's a fine. So the Gemara says, I don't understand. Tiyufta vehilchasa. How can we say that the law is the way we understand it is that it's a kanas? It's really a fine. We just brought a proof from our Mishnah which said that it's not a fine. That really it's mamanus. It's regular laws of damages. So what's going on here? How could we say that the psakalacha, the law, is that it's viewed as a fine when we brought a proof from the Mishnah which implied otherwise? So the Gemara will answer that, you know what? There is no real proof from the Mishnah. Really, we could respond to the Mishnah. We could answer the Mishnah in time of Mayisosay Mishum de Lokitani Kamasha Hizik Lopsikale Kevan de Ikechatinezik Tsuros. De Hilchazagamiri Law de Mamonaho Mishum Hachi Lokitani. Essentially, says the Gemara, what was the whole problem of the Mishnah? The Mishnah says that a, a kanas, a fine, is only when you pay more. Implication is that if you pay less, i.e. chatsi nezek, half of the payment by a short time, uh, so then that's not a fine, it's really part of regular dam- payments for damages. Uh, so the Gemara responds by saying, no, the, really, it's whether or not it's higher or less than. Really, even if it's less than, it could still be viewed as a kanas, as long as it's not this, the payment for the damages itself. Why didn't the Mishnah say it? Why didn't the Mishnah say it like that? Because there is a case where a person pays less than the damages, and that's viewed as regular payment. That's viewed as regular payment. There is such a case uh, with regards to Tsuroro's pebbles when a person's walking. Um, sorry, when, a, when an animal's walking and it uh, hits pebbles, which cause damages in... Um, in the public domain. So then, in such a case, a person pays, uh, the owner would pay half of the damages, and that is part of the regular mumminess. That's part of the regular payment of damages. That's not a fine. We don't view that as a fine. So the point is, is that the Mishnah cannot have said, and anything less than the damages is also a fine, because there are certain cases where paying less than the damages is not a fine. So in the end of the day, in the end of the day, there is no proof from any of these cases, we, we don't have a proof. We don't have proof one way or the other. And the law in the end of the day is, is that we view it as a knas. We really do view it as a knas. It's a fine. Really, the owner should not have to watch the, uh, his short time, his, his ox who has never gore, which has not been established as goring. He should not have to watch it. Um, he should not have to pay for the damages. But it's a fine. It's above and beyond. It's a fine. So the Magmar now says, this fine, why do we have this fine? The fine is essentially this knas is essentially for an animal that really does something that is beyond its nature, something abnormal. Anytime an animal does something which is abnormal, like this ox, that has not been established as goring, now all of a sudden it starts goring uh, other animals, so that's outside of its uh, nature. If it's outside of its nature, so then it's a fine. So the Gemara now says, based on this, Now that we established that uh, a short time that uh, gores is viewed as a knas, it's viewed as a fine, so the following cases, so if we have other cases like this, forget about an ox, if you have a dog who eat, which eats lambs, which is also abnormal, or or if there's a cat that eats a large rooster, these are strange situations, this is an abnormal situation. If it's an abnormal situation, so then you shouldn't really 
It should be viewed as a fine. To pay to pay for the damages should really be viewed as a fine, just like a short time is viewed as a fine. And if it's viewed as a fine, the Lomag bin Bavel. So then you can't collect payment in Bavel. The courts in Bavel weren't, weren't able to um, uh, rule and establish something as a fine. Uh, they didn't have the right, to, they didn't have the jurisdiction to do that, only in, in the land of Israel. So then a person can't collect in Bavel, in the land of Bavel. But let's say the cat eats uh, a small rooster, so then that's something which is normal, and then you could collect payment in Bava. As long as it's viewed as normal, so that's regular damages, that a person can receive payment, and the courts in Bava and Babylonia have the right to demand of the payment, but if it comes to a fine, so then if it's outside of Israel, they don't have, they don't have the ability to establish a payment for a fine. Additionally, by a fine, we were talking about it in Bavel, that this is where the Gemara was written. So the Gemara continues and says, So it's, it's true, they, they should be paid, there should be a fine here, but the court cannot establish it. As such, if let's say the owner of the damaged animal, the, 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 the ox that was damaged, uh, then grabs money, takes money away, money that he really should be owed that money, if, the, if, we, were be able, if we were to be able to establish the fine, there'd be a requirement to pay for it. So let's say the ox, uh, the owner of the ox that was damaged uh, grabs the money from the owner of the ox that did the damage, so then we wouldn't take it away from him because really, he deserves the money. Really, we should establish the fine. It's just technically we're not able to. In addition to that, the Amar, basically, uh, if a, if the if the person wants to take that owner of the ox that damaged to court, so, uh, the only court he could go to is Israel. So then we force him to go to Israel because since they cannot do it in Babylonia, they cannot do it in Babel, and he wants to go to Israel. So then we force him to go to Israel. If he doesn't go to Israel, if he refuses to go, so then we just like in other cases where a person refuses to go refuses to go to court, the punishment is that we put a cherem on them, we excommunicate them, and so we should put a cherem on them. And the Gemara then concludes, a very interesting last part of the Gemara as we conclude this uh, chapter, happens to be whether or not uh, this owner of this ox, that gourd, that now is dangerous, uh, it does it is an abnormal type of goring, so then uh, we have to excommunicate such a person anyways. Why? Don't keep such an ox. If you have an ox that's goring, and, uh, uh, or, or sorry, we're not talking about the ox that gores, I apologize. Uh, about abnormal, abnormal types of um, types of behavior, like the dog that eats the lamb or the the cat that eats the big rooster. It's dangerous. If it's dangerous, so then don't keep it in your house. Rabbi Nelson says, how do, how do you know that a person shouldn't have a wild animal in their house? That a person shouldn't have a shaky ladder. Shaky uh, building, shaky ladder. There's a, the Torah tells us that a person shouldn't uh, be um, put them put themselves and put others in a situation in their own home where it could cause uh, damages and blood. And so, therefore, the Torah tells us that we have to be very careful in our homes. We can't have dangerous things in our own home. Uh, it's interesting. The Sefer Achinach, uh, a book on. Uh, the 613 mitzvahs, the commandments, says that the reason for this is a person might think, oh, if Hashem really wanted me to get hurt, so then I would get hurt anyways. No. If a person causes problems in their own home, uh, if they if they create a situation where they could get hurt, so then Hashem won't protect you. Hashem really won't protect you. There's a big question 
How far does this go? We said that a person shouldn't have wild animals. They shouldn't have a wild dog. In, they shouldn't raise a wild dog. They can't have a wild dog in their house. So there's a big question. How far does this go? Is it, are we talking about a situation where they could cause damage um, or where, where it's really life-threatening? So that, that itself is, is a big discussion. What type of situation are we discussing? Um, and it's, further, there's a, there's a lot of discussion about what happens if it's there for protection. It's really to protect the family. Um, so then is that allowed? Is that not allowed? What happens? But you have to weigh that with uh, the, the other concern that it might damage an innocent person. Uh, so a lot of that is a lot of that is discussed about whether or not you're allowed to have a, a wild a dog in your house that you're allowed to raise a wild dog. And just with one final thought, it's interesting. The Ritva, one of the classic commentators in the Gemara, says, "Okay, so you're not allowed to have a wild dog, but you are a person. We never saw that you're not allowed to have a wild ox. You can have a wild ox. You could still keep an ox that that gores in your house. Why? What's the difference?" asks the Ritva, and he has a fascinating answer. He says, "Well, because even though it's a wild ox." In the end of the day, you have to pay for the damages. But the reason why we say you should keep it is because there's a purpose. There's a purpose. The ox is there to uh, help you in the field. And so there's a f- purpose. So you have to have a, a, a cost-benefit analysis as to whether or not it's worthwhile to have in your house. But when it comes to a dog, so then there's no need for the dog. Again, we mentioned that if it's there for protection, so maybe there is a need. But in a regular case, uh, there's no need for the dog. So don't have a dog. Don't have a dog. Don't lead yourself to a situation where it could cause harm. Uh, so that's an interesting idea of the Ritva about a, this cost-benefit analysis in terms of which types of animals you're allowed to have in your home. Okay, we conclude Mazel Tov. We conclude this third chapter, this third parak, Hadun Elach, Elunaros, and we will begin the fourth chapter, the fourth parak in the next class.